Hello, healthcare leaders. Welcome to our very first episode of Practice Management Insights. I am your host, Ashley Malone, and I am so glad you found us. I look forward to welcoming fellow healthcare leaders as we tackle a wide range of practice management topics that most of us have either dealt with or will be dealing with at some point in the future. Since this is our first episode, I wanted to start by sharing just a little bit about my background and experience and the things that led to the launch of this practice management podcast. I have served as the practice administrator of an ophthalmic surgical group in South Carolina for the past 15 years. Prior to this position, I worked in a medical university setting and before that within the private sector. I am a licensed attorney. I also do some consulting with medical practices to help navigate some of the challenges and issues that we all seem to be facing nowadays. I've held responsibilities across every area of practice management from marketing, human resources, clinic efficiencies, financial analysis, uh, patient satisfaction. Like many of you, I also deal with leaking roofs, ordering toilet paper, paying the credit card bill, babysitting. Um, So just like you, I pretty much do it all. I am so excited to welcome listeners to this first episode of Practice Management Insights and to begin digging into all of these topics and more over the coming weeks. First and foremost, I want to say out loud that practice management is tough. It is so tough. My standing joke is that you just can't make this stuff up. Healthcare leaders literally do not know what hand we will be dealt on any given day, but somehow we still have to keep our heads up and plowing through because if we stop, then our patients and our practices suffer. As we dig into different topics over the coming weeks, I want to remind each other that we are not alone, that we are collectively better together, and that there is a supportive network of other practice management professionals that are eager and willing to provide support. It is my hope that this podcast will encourage you, but also provide to you some tips and techniques, or at least a story or two to support you along the way. So now to begin, in our first episode of Practice Management Insights, we are going to talk about workplace culture. But what is culture? Webster's Dictionary defines culture as the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. It includes our values, beliefs, customs, languages, and traditions. That's kind of a a big wordy way of explaining what culture is, but I put a lot of thought into this first episode, and I think it's important that you first define what you're addressing. You know, it's, it's important to make sure that you're all having the same understanding. So I, I read that, and I just thought, well, that doesn't really tell me anything. So I, I don't really know that that definition alone can define what culture is, and most of us just organically know what that means. In our healthcare practices, we typically are talking about the environment that we create, 
when we talk about culture, workplace culture, patient care culture, we're talking about the the environment that we've created, uh, the mood, the tone of the way we communicate with our patients and our staff, maybe the feeling our patients get when they're in our offices, or you know, maybe it's just their overall flow and the outcomes that are expected of our team members. I know that one place that I, or one time, I guess, that I hear about culture is during an interview, maybe, uh, in a new employee interview or uh, someone who's been hired and I'm sitting down with them for the first time or maybe an exit interview. They'll talk about culture, um, the, the culture of our practice. So when we talk about this, we, we really start by asking a few questions. Does your practice have a culture that is kind, generous, and generally positive? Does your practice have a culture that is negative and demanding with high rates of employee turnover or burnout? The great resignation, ooh, that's a, that's a big one nowadays, and it is absolutely real. Um, it's now evolving. I've heard things like the great reset, uh, great resignation, just really uh, a lot of changes in the employment world right now. But a lot of it does uh, trickle back to culture. I think we can generally agree that all of our practices have room for improvement, um, but that most practices probably meet somewhere in the middle of the really wonderful and the really negative. And I think that, you know, most of us, uh, everyone that I've met at least, is really doing our best. And if we can share ideas that can help each other, then we should lean in and do it, which is, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast. I know that I search for podcasts all the time on topics that I find interesting. And I search LinkedIn and I search articles. And, you know, one of the best things about our annual conferences is that you get to talk with others and really just kind of brainstorm and, and share information. So culture in itself is a tricky topic because it's more than what we can touch or see. It almost bleeds into how we feel while we are inside the walls of our practices. Sometimes I know that I am super task oriented and I say that, you know, <laughs> to my group, I, I say that um, sometimes I feel like we need to feel less and think more. As you know, you have people in your life and we all have a different, we land differently on the spectrum of feelings. And when I go into task mode, I personally tend to be very black and white because I think and I feel that when you remove the emotions from making a decision, that you tend to make a better decision. So just in general, I remove myself so that you don't, that you're not swayed or influenced by selfish desires. And instead, look at the big picture, look at the organization, look at what is best for your practice or the practice owners long term. And so, when I say that we should feel less and think more, that's really what I'm uh, referring to. But Honestly, when I think about workplace culture or we talk about workplace culture, 
feel is actually a really good word to use because it is kind of a reflection. It's, it's, it's our perception of the environment. It's how we feel while we're in that environment. It also includes things like the expectations that we place upon our staff, the type of support system we have created for our patients and our employees. Um, since we literally could create a hundred podcast episodes covering every aspect of our practices and still have a hundred episodes more to explore, for purposes of today's episode, we're going to talk about culture first by defining it. Um, we're going to define it through a mission statement, and then we're going to talk about reinforcing it through staff communication and training. Because culture is all-encompassing, it is important to define it for your practice. So one of my favorite quotes is from Mehmet Murat Ildan, who said, define yourself or others will define you. I think if you pause, if we pause and really think about that statement, it is actually really insightful. As humans, we need to understand our surroundings. We fill in the gaps that we, if we don't have information, we tend to gap fill. You tend to pull in assumptions to complete that full picture, that full understanding of a situation. So it is really natural for us to complete a thought or an opinion about other people or situations if we don't have all the information that person or situation needs to give us for a more thorough evaluation. I think if you pause and you think about your own life, maybe it was a conversation you had with your partner or an employee or a family member, or, you know, I think that those are the easy examples, but even more so, you know, maybe an interaction that you had in public at a store. So even when you have a more limited knowledge of that other person, right, I think that we tend to gap fill even more because um, at least with your husband or your wife or your, you know, your mother, you have some history there. And so you can kind of extract a deeper understanding. But in public, which is where our patients are and where our employees are, especially our newer employees, we tend to gap fill quite a bit to try to complete that picture in our mind on, you know, what, what may or may not be going on. So if you don't define yourself, then others are going to define you. And I love that because it really just tells us you need to define your culture. And culture is so challenging, what we already talked about, because it's kind of like your whole environment. So how in the world do you define that? So that's where it boiled down into the mission statement. So although we may not be great at defining ourselves as an individual, we do at least have the opportunity to step outside of ourselves and define our practice or our organization if you're in a larger organization. So where do we start? If you haven't done so already, the mission statement is just a really powerful tool, is something that marketing agencies will use, and there's a reason for it. It puts it on paper. It commits to paper who in the world do you think you are or who do you want to be as an organization. When talking about culture, this exercise, it can be helpful because um, it just it forces it. It's a team approach. It's a team uh, exercise, and it really forces you to talk through your practice. In my experience, just a heads up, a warning, 
a lot of your staff or your owners are going to think that this is a dumb exercise. They're going to think that it's pointless and a waste of time, but really it's the beginning of everything. So if this topic interests you, it's because you probably are struggling with your culture, the mood of your practice, the environment that exists right now. And so I really encourage you just take the hour, just do it, commit to paper a mission statement. And I promise you this exercise alone is going to flush out either more avenues that you need to explore because it's going to identify some weaknesses within your practice or maybe some opinions across the ownership team that everyone needs to get on the same page because they may have a different vision for their practice. Whatever it is, it, it could just be that your employees are involved and it really helps them brainstorm together. And that alone is team building and a very positive experience. So, you know, don't let anyone tell you this is a waste of time. Just encourage them to stick with it. Order pizza, you know, whatever you got to do to kind of bribe them to be a part of it. But it really is important. And then once these ideas are written on paper, these thoughts and these ideas are discussed, edited, and then you end up shaping it into a clear written instrument, which becomes your mission statement. You can proudly then post that on your brochures, on your website. It really just shows that you took the time and effort to do this. So I'll start by asking you a question. Have you ever been asked a question that is so intuitive that you don't actually know how to answer it? Like, how do you know that you love your children? It seems silly because you just know. I mean, duh, you're, they're your kids. But if you had to actually explain how you feel and you could only do it in a couple sentences, would that be easy for you? Would it be hard? If your practice culture is reflected in everything that you do, but your practice doesn't have something as simple as a mission statement written on paper, you may actually realize that the chaos and frustration surrounding you and your team aren't a symptom of something deeper, but rather just a lack of focus or understanding about the bigger picture. As a side note, a lot of us use the term mission statement and vision statement interchangeably, but they're actually a, a little different. Um, so think of your vision statement as where you want to go, your vision for the future, and think of your mission statement about being who you are and what your practice does today. It's a tricky concept, I know, but um, they're a little interchangeable. Really, no one's grading you, so you know, whatever, just, just get it on paper. I really think it's an important process, but think about where you want to go in the future is very important, but for your practice culture today, we're focusing on the here and now and, you know, through the mission statement itself. So just a little side note, but the process of developing your mission statement should be a team effort. Um, it should try to incorporate these goals so you could always look at other companies' mission statements. It helps to give an example to your team as you're brainstorming. So for example, Southwest Airlines, the mission of Southwest, Southwest Airlines is dedication to the highest quality of customer service, delivered with a sense of warmth, friendliness, individual pride, and company spirit. Cisco, their mission statement is to shape the future of the internet by creating unprecedented value and opportunity for our customers, employees, investors, and ecosystem partners. 
So those are just two examples. Um, you actually can Google the mission statement of pretty much every corporation and you'll find different examples. But again, you really can't blow this. Um, just having the exercise itself, you're, you're going to get some benefit out of this process. So if you don't have a mission statement for your practice, it is a great exercise to go through. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about in this podcast series, staff development, human resources. So I do reference it quite a bit. In my own practice, I think any opportunity to have an excuse to engage staff in a team setting is one worth taking. So if you haven't had a staff meeting for a while, you know, use the mission statement as an, as an excuse to have one. They feel involved. The owners appreciate that their you know, vision is being captured. And again, you do get to use it ultimately in, you know, different ways. And that just shows your patients that you care and that you've thought it through and that you have a very intentional purpose with your practice. So once the mission statement is, is, has group buy-in, you've finalized it, you've written it, use it. Put it on your lunchroom wall. In our practice, we actually had the little, um, there's a sign company in town that could make it into decals. And we actually stuck it to our lunchroom wall. So you could have it in your uh, lobby, your waiting room. Just think outside the box a little bit. and Think about how you can really live and breathe that um, into your practice environment. So that's all I have for this episode. I know, again, this is why this topic was is so challenging because there's so much there. But really, we got to start from the beginning. So, you know, have a meeting, set your mission, put it on paper, use it, think about it, put it in front of your own computer, your wall, and then just think about ways that you can really infuse it within your practice, within your staff. Please keep um, checking back. We are excited about the podcast. Uh, We look forward to releasing episodes weekly. Season one is kicking off with uh, this one and we look forward to many more episodes with you.